All right. Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Anita J and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, August 7th, 2019. And this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are in the chapter We Agnostics. We're on page 46, the very first paragraph, which begins, yes, we have agnostic temperament and we'll be focused on the one paragraph only. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Janice B. The 12 traditions, Angie A. And readers of the text are Marcella M. and Ginger C. The share ID numbers for Tuesday, August 6th for the 7 a.m. meeting is 13,241. 13241. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 13,242, 13242. Our newcomer greeter is going to be Jason K. And the 8 a.m. host is Nadia B. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Janice B. to read OA's 12 Steps. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B. in Vermont, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 
7, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thanks so much, Janice B. And I will now ask um, Angie A. to read OA's 12 Traditions. Good morning, it's Angie in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought never ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do the service. Thank you so much, AMGA. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. 
to share, press star one to, amute, to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we resume our study of the big book and we're in the chapter We Agnostics. On page 46, the very first paragraph, about a third of the page down, which begins with, yes, we of agnostic temperament. And we will focus on just the one paragraph. And I've asked Marcella M. to get us going. Good morning, Marcella. Good morning, Anita. My name is Marcella. I'm recovered, composer reader, living in Boston. Yes, we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to reassure you. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. So my name is Marcella, I'm a composer, we recovered. And um, this paragraph um, talks to me so directly in this morning the prejudice that I need to set aside um, constantly because I'm a very insecure person that needs a lot of reassurance is that my life is an accident, that I'm irrelevant, that, that my life has no meaning, purpose, and direction. Can you believe what happened to me in a vision for you? I'm a Mexican immigrant. I don't even speak English very well. English is not my first language. And not only did I recover, and the horrible, merciless obsession of it, it, it has been lifted. I live in a healthy body weight, but I have been granted the incredible blessing of spreading this good news to other people. Can you believe that? Like, I just, I don't understand how this is happening to me. But I wake up every morning recovered. I'm not hungry. I don't even want to eat things that are not outside of my food plan. And I've been granted this power with a, with a little P because I'm partaking in the power with big block, big letters. And, and I get to walk my life that way. And, um, and, 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 and I, I'm part of the power that is endless, that is beautiful, that has no beginning and no end. And and I just open my mouth in English and in Spanish, and then I commence to get results. And then I marveled, where did these old people that are speaking in Spanish, and, and, and where did they get these results? And then I get to see my sponsees in English. How in the world are they recovering? That's to make very clear who's who in this equation, right? There's the power with capital P. And there's the sponsor with a teeny little letters, right? Like a side note. And it happens and it happens and it happens. And there's no much more joy and privilege than having that power to partake in that incredible blessing of being uh, being being participant in, in sustaining life this way. I am so excited and so optimistic about my future. I have a room in New Jersey. Is it New Jersey or New Hampshire? I don't even know. It's where, where the convention is going to be. I have a room with three other recovered people from a vision for you, two of them in Spanish, one of them in English. And I have an airplane ticket. 
in, and I'm going to see you. I can't wait to see all of you and hug you tight with a Mexican big hug. And, and, and then and I'm going to Colombia next month to bring the good news to Medellin, Colombia. And then I'm going to Costa Rica, all while I'm working full time and in grad school. Don't ask me how, this do, how, how am I doing this. It's because I'm not doing it. It's because I've been granted a conscious awareness of the power that has no, no end where I'm constantly feel safe and protected. Thank you so much for being there. Anita J, are you there? Oh, I thanked you all. I thanked you so much, Marcel, and you didn't hear me. Yes. Who else would like to uh, start us, uh, continue? Tina S. Tina. Kim G. Who else? John L. John L. Barbara E. And Barbara E. Rasa O. Rasa O. Leslie W. Leslie W. All right, that's perfect. And thank you for going so nicely. My goodness. Tina S., Kim G., John L., Barbara E., Rasa O., and Leslie W. All right, good morning, Tina. Good morning, Anita. Thanks so much for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. And thanks so much for the share. What a gift it is to be recovered and be able to be of service to everyone. Uh, so, so grateful today. Grateful to be on the meeting and to, be, to feel part of, which I, really, which I do every time I dial in. And, and that in of itself is a gift because I can always say that I'm an outsider looking in because I can be that too. You know, I love that it says, let's, let's make haste to reassure you, you know, that once I lay aside my prejudice, my prejudgment of everything that I think I know work, that works, once I, let, once I lay that aside and I become even willing. And, and it's, you know, I love this part of the book. It's, it's just what has changed my life, you know, because what I think I know is going to kill me. What I think you should do is going to kill me. What I think I should do is going to kill me. But when I lay aside what I think I know, for, for just the willingness to, to think of something different, to believe something different, to do something different, then I have a shot, you know. And I love that it says in this chapter also that God does not make too hard terms for those who seek him, you know. And once I get out of myself and, and realize that I am not that power with the capital P and willing to believe that there might be something bigger than me that can do this thing, you know, then I have a shot, you know, when I seek a power, when I do things differently, I get things differently. You know, um, you know, we're just at the beginning here. You know, we're just coming to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. And then we can get to that place where we are restored and we can be of maximum service to the power that, we, that we're enabled with to be of service to others one day at a time and to keep the food down and to live this life beyond our wildest dreams. You know, that's the hope that I have. That's the life that I live today. And the way I continue to do that is to continue to, to work the 12 steps to have that transformation. And with that, I pass. Great stuff. Thanks. Thank you so much, Tina. All right. Kim, you are next. And then John L. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. And I've been recovered since um, January 2011. And I want to drill on down on that, that um, phrase, agnostic temperament. 
I mean, I know we're in step two, but I kind of want to talk to the people who are newly recovered. People, you know, have been through the steps and maybe are sitting in restlessness, irritability, and discontentment. I don't know about you guys, but I spent most of my life thinking, if I can only become a size six, life will be wonderful. And even coming into OA, I had this naive idea that, oh, if only I can get through the steps, life would be wonderful. You know, I often hear people talk about Vision for You, and Vision for You is simply an example of a healthy Overeaters Anonymous meeting. Where you recovered people, you must have perfect lives. You know, I'm going to clue you in on a secret, at least for me. I could hold it together for a three-minute share. But you should see me the other 23 hours and 57 minutes. You know, I'm going to take religion out of it, this, this agnostic temperament. So atheistic temperament is when I'm totally self-reliant. A believer is when I'm totally power-reliant or other-centered. And then my agnostic temperament is when I'm not sure and I fly between the two of being power-centered and being self-reliant. I think recovery is like a dimmer switch. It's not like a light switch. I'm going to grow in understanding and effectiveness. And I have to tell you, even eight years in, I can be agnostic, um, atheistic, and believer temperament multiple times a day. Because being recovered doesn't mean I don't have resentment, I don't have fear, I don't get angry. What it means is I don't have to stay there. I have a way out if I practice these steps. There's a saying I like that says, a bird can fly in your head, but you don't need to build it a nest. And what these steps do is allow me not to build it a nest. So I find for myself in step 11, I pause. I pause throughout the day and I ask, where am I in atheistic temperament? Where am I in agnostic temperament? And where am I in a believer temperament? Because the more that I lean into these steps, the more of that 24 hours is in a place where I am God-centered, powered-centered, other-centered, and that means peaceful. But I am still a human being, so I still go into agnostic temperament and atheistic temperament. Another saying I love is fear is a sure sign. I'm relying on my own power. And what that means is I have a way out through these steps, whether I'm in the beginning of this process or I've been recovered for years. If I lean into the step work, I have the ability to become more free day after day after day. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G. All right, good morning, John L., and then it'll be Barbara E. Good morning. This is John L., and I live in Arizona. I'm a recovering uh, overeater. And my main prejudice, I guess it was put into me ever since I was a kid, was this fear of God. I had this idea that, boy, God is going to get me because I'm a bad, naughty little kid. But I went on in life, um, went to college, and then got into this debate club. Is there a God? Is there not a God? What came first, the chicken or the egg? If God can do anything, can he make a a rock that's so big you can't lift it, all these silly things. But when I got into 12-step programs and here in Overeaters Anonymous, I, I had to quit all that silly nonsense. I was at the end of the line, and I'm either going to do the 12 steps and do this work, or I'm not. And what is God going to be? Is he everything or is he nothing? And so I had to let go of all those things and just start from scratch with my higher power 
and do the steps. And luckily, I started to experience his power. And uh, it's just been a great phenomenon. I'm just so grateful for the 12 steps and for these, the program and Overeaters Anonymous. And, um, you know, that's all I have this morning. So I'll pass. Thank you. Well, that was perfect, John. Sometimes we don't need to speak for three minutes. All right, Barbara E., good morning, and then it'll be Vasa. Good morning, everyone. Can I be heard right now? Yes, thanks, Barbara. Oh, great. I had no knowledge of God and didn't think I needed a God that would help me with my desire to continue to overeat. But I was curious to know why people in OA did claim that God had saved them pull them out of the swamp and onto dry land. Well, building a relationship with God is what this book is about. I was told I just had to be willing to accept the possibility of this higher power, and I fought it for quite a long time. So my experience is, if you two are struggling with the God concept, that's okay. This God spirit will come when God thinks you're ready. At least it was that way for me, an opposition, skeptical, morbidly obese, angry, isolated woman, yuck, to finally come into self-acceptance, to be comfortable in my own skin, to be done with perfectionism in all its forms. In Japanese art, when an object like a jar is broken, they fill in the cracks with gold. Brokenness and imperfection is what makes the object even more valuable and beautiful. I ask my higher power to help me see imperfection in my own life and to recognize that tiny crack is how the power source gets in. To forgive myself because I'm a work in progress and I'll never be done learning. Always seeking to improve rather than having to prove anything to anyone or getting good with God, but to become fully myself. Could I do this? I doubted that I could. Well, shockingly to, my, to me, I found those lunatics who claimed to have found their God to tap into were right. That was a humbling experience for me, to learn I was the lunatic all along. And only by building a relationship with this power could I be saved one day at a time from certain death, or at least a miserable, unhappy life. I chose to accept that I needed and wanted this higher power, and it did love me just as I was, but too much to let me stay that way. So I do wake up every day and say, Hi, higher power, how can I best serve you? This program, this higher power reliance, gives me the tools I need. With God's love and living in two, three, 10, 11, and 12 every day, I can go through life with going back, without going back to the food and the behavior that harmed me, my family, my colleagues, and my friends. And when, when my disease starts to whisper sweet nothings in my ear, I can punch it in the face which if you ever saw me would be laughable. And instead, I'm, I thank you. I make a phone call or two and become right-sized again. Thank you. I pass. 
Thanks so much, Barbara E. All right, Vasa and then Leslie W. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered compulsive overeater, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Thank you for your service, Anita, and thank thank every one of you for doing service this morning. And uh, my experience has been by the time I came to my first meeting in Overeaters Anonymous and the 12 Steps, I had a lot of confusion and mixed messages about God. And I grew up in a communist country. We were thought there was no God. So, yeah, I, I had the tendency more to believe, yeah, there's no God. I have to depend on myself. And uh, But I was so much in pain when I came to my first meeting dealing with the food addiction. I didn't even know it was called addiction, eating disorder, whatever. Bulimia, anorexia, you can name it all. I, you know, I experienced all those things at one time or another time. And I was so ready and I was so willing to surrender to a power greater than myself to save me from this deadly disease because it was just going to kill me if I continued doing what I was doing. And I remember saying, how could this God help me that I cannot see or I cannot touch? I felt I needed to see, to believe, to to trust, you know. But my sponsor said, well, set everything aside that you know about God. And this God, is, we, God our higher power, is here. He's going to show you a different way of living life than the life we lived you know, in pain and suffering with this deadly disease. And um, I have had quite a few members in my family that struggled with food, alcohol, or drugs, and it took their lives, you know. And I do believe that I people prayed for me to to find a power greater than myself, which I call God. And I prayed for myself. That was unusual for me to reach to God even when I came to program before I came to my first meeting. I remember reaching out and saying, God, if you're there, please help me, show me where you are. But I, I was not even identifying with the food. I just I just felt like my life was unmanageable because the more I tried to manage my food addiction, which I didn't know was food addiction in those years, I just thought I loved to eat. That's I just loved to eat. That's how I identified. But anyways, this was the best thing that happened happened to me that I was led into overeaters anonymous, and I've been given the gift of this program to our steps and a higher power, and it works. It has worked for me for many years, and I keep coming. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Vasa. Oh. All right, Leslie W., good morning to you. Good morning, Ms. Anita. Thank you so much for your service. This is Leslie W., recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. Um, <clears throat> it says here that even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. And I think that one of the greatest mistakes that I made, I just wanted to share my experience with this step, um, was I, I was suffering with um, analysis paralysis at this time when I was going through this process um, because, you know, I've always been a person who um, who skimmed through the manual, who skipped to the last chapter of the book because 
I didn't, I was too impatient to, uh, to read the story. I wanted to know what happened. Um, and I'm going to go straight, I'm going to go straight to skimming through that manual and I'm going to go straight to that thing that whatever it is that I'm supposed to put together and try to put together. And then it's going to be a colossal mess because why I didn't read the instructions. Um, and I thought that I was supposed to understand God and make sense of all the things that had happened in my life in order to take step two, because how can I, how can I possibly um, believe in some, in, in a God that I don't fully understand? I don't, I don't fully understand why these things have happened to me. So therefore, how can I put my faith and trust in this God? So, um, you know, once I got past that, uh, I was then able to move forward in the rest of the step work. Because God knows I hate a process. Whenever somebody tells me it's going to be a process, I immediately, I immediately know that it's going to be a long, drawn-out ordeal, right? Leslie can't skip to the end. Um, and so if I work these steps in order and don't skip around or try to skip to the end or try to figure it all out, then, then I, too, can recover um, because, because it is a simple program. People, people say that. It's simple but not easy. And we hear all these things, but really what it comes down to is my ego being reduced because my ego tells me that I can just skip ahead, that I don't have to go in order. But all this stuff is telling me here that I'm not going to be able to fully comprehend or define that power, and that's okay. I don't need to be able to do that in order to fully take the step and move forward. And that's what we want to do. That's what, that's what this whole thing is about. We want, we want to be able to find a power that is greater than ourselves. We want to recover and uh, not stay stuck. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Anita. Thank you so much, Leslie W. All right. If you folks haven't shared in the last day or two, who else I'd like to hear from you this morning? Who else would like to share on, page, on this first paragraph on page 46? Jen Janice A. B. Janice B. Who else? Jen Who A. The other Jen A. Okay. Ginger C. And Ginger C. Maura Z. And Maura. Leah M. And Leah M. All right. All right, let's go with that. I think we'll have time for a couple more afterwards, but let's stop right there. Janice B., good morning. Good morning. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B., recovered compulsive overeater in Vermont. And this is, um, this is step two. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And yeah, I needed a power greater than myself and where like to try and define that power that was greater than me. I had spent my life being so self-sufficient and independent and, um, and um, self-centered really. It was all about self and 
lo and behold, myself could not manage. <laughs> I could not do what I wanted to do, and I was doing what I didn't want to do. And it, it wasn't working. My life was a mess. Um, I found myself stuffing my face, growing older, isolated, and um, just in the pits. And I needed a power greater than myself. And I had to concede, you know, concede that, you know, I couldn't do it. Okay, I took step one. But where and how was I supposed to? Where, where could I find this power? I hadn't, I hadn't had one all my life. So um, I, um, so I made this list of what what do I yearn for in my life? What 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 do I need? What do I need? And I made this list, and I looked at it, and I recognized that um, uh, that's that's the, all those qualities are really how I would like to be living in the world, how, how I would like to be. Um, it wasn't, so I kind of, it, it kind of meshed with um, that God's will was really my will also. And, um, and I, I became aligned. I, and it wasn't so much resistance, and I just um, uh, um, through step eleven, um, prayer and meditation um, helped me to put in the pause in my life to um, during the day walking around to make a different choice rather than choice of self it would the choice would be the opposite taking taking a different action and um and it's such a process oh time please time oh good okay <laughs> not good but thank you mm-hmm. i'll stop there <laughs> oh thank you thanks thanks janice all right, Jen A, good morning, and then Ginger. Good morning, Anita. Um, Jen A, recovered in Colorado. Um, thank you for your service. So I found out as soon as I was willing to lay aside my preconceived notions, all my opinions, and my judgments, right? And when I was inclined to accept this power greater than myself, guess what happened? Results materialized. Um, but it wasn't because I just put the food down. It was because I had to do these 12 steps and I had to dig in, um, right? I had to trust, I had to believe, I had to be honest. Um, and those were the things that had to happen in order. But the, the one biggest thing that I had to realize, well, actually there was two things I had to realize. Um, the first one was that there is a God, call it whatever you want. And the second one was that it wasn't me. And I'm still realizing that today on a daily basis, right? There is a God out there. He's big. I see the results materialize today. I see them happen right in front of my eyes. Sometimes they're physical results. Sometimes they're 
results up in my head, like I'm not, you know, the the uh, wheels not spinning up in my head, the the angry fish aren't swimming in the fishbowl is what I say, right? Um, but, you know, I and I'm not God. I can't change people. I can't fix people. I couldn't even fix myself. Um, but if I'm willing to believe in this power greater than myself, things are going to materialize. And I know that to be truth today. Um, and, and, it, and it didn't just happen once. It continues to happen. Why? Because I continue to plug in every single day. I continue to believe and trust and have a willingness and be honest and be open on a daily basis. I can't just do one through 12 once and then guess what? Voila, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, here I stand, right? No, that's not how it works for a girl like me. On my knees on a daily basis, turning to God on a daily basis, accessing this power on a daily basis. And then I'm seeing God show up big time in my life everywhere. Whether it's a card on a sidewalk while I'm taking a God walk out in the middle of nowhere, you know, if it's a if it's a man standing in an airport who says he's Pastor Emmanuel, I'm sorry, what is that? God is with me? I mean, it is huge what I'm seeing in my life today. Huge. I see it in my kids. I see it at my workplace, everywhere around me. God is everywhere. It's huge. I can't get away from the God thing. Thank God it's not me. Because this it's miraculous. And I just have to share that with everybody. This is the second place in the big book where it tells me about setting it aside, the set-aside prayer. This is where it came from. God helped me set aside everything I know, everything I think, for a whole new experience. I prayed it with my 12-year-old daughter last night before she went to bed to go to junior high today. It's beautiful. Tap into God. And with that, I pass. Tap into God. Yes. Thank you. All right, Ginger, and then it'll be Mara. Good morning, Anita. Thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And yes, we have agnostic temperament, have had these thoughts and experiences. You're not alone. Let us make her haste to reassure you. You know, and that's the miracle is that you're not alone if you're experiencing this, this feeling right here, right now. We've been there. But now we have this other experience because we just got busy, we got better, we got into this practical program of action, and we kept moving a muscle no matter what. And as we read on, it gets us this great promise that you're going to commence to get results. Thank you, God, that I'm going to get out of this food nightmare. Not too long ago, I couldn't even get out of bed in the morning. I could not get the feet to hit the floor because I was so depressed. I wanted to die. I couldn't stop eating. And that was my life. That was my existence. So someone just said it so beautifully. It is the set-aside prayer, these prejudices that don't even serve you or help you. You know, that's why it's so great, this four-step, these lies that I'm still tethered to, these stories that keep spinning and winning. But has the food convinced you? Because if you're really done and out of ideas, I don't care what you tell me to do. I don't want to die. I don't want to go on living in the food. So what have? 
And thank God there are so many on the line that are sharing this message that it's real and it's happening. You're going to see it live in November in Newark. So thank God it's a broad highway with many ways to power. I think of a dog, the opposite of God. This perfect love. It's not hard, but hopefully the food's convinced you enough where it's like, I don't care. I don't care. And are you even willing? Just willing. Ready, eager, and prepared to do something different. And then you find freedom. And, you know, the most simple and understandable terms, I put the food down for the first time, and not only was I eating, I was happily I wasn't white-knuckled. That's a mirror. Join us on this broad highway. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Ginger C. All right. Good morning, Mara. And then it will be Leah. Good morning, Anita. Thank you so much for your service. And thank you to all who have shared so far this morning. It's, it's just a testament to this meeting. Um, there are 408 of us on the phone this morning. And that meeting helped me to find this book. And, and, this, and this book helped me to find the steps, and the steps helped me to find God, finally. Because while I always believed in God, that he existed, I never believed he would be interested in my little life. You know, what was I? Fat and ugly, not very bright, you know, just moving through life. It wasn't life. I referred to it as my miserable existence because that's all it was. It was just being a spectator in my own life. I wasn't a participant. I didn't know how to live. I didn't know how to be with people. That's for sure. But if I were to set aside my prejudices and my beliefs, including the one that said I'm not worthy, including the one that said, you know, he's not going to be concerned with me. He's got bigger fish to fry. Why would he give a rat's patootie what the heck I'm putting in my mouth every day? He's not. But I was told all I had to do was one thing. I just had to set aside the idea that I could fix my life. Well, that wasn't a hard sell because my life was totally screwed up. Obviously, I had not been doing a very good job of it. So, all right, I put it aside. All right, fine. Maybe he'll be there for me. I don't know. I put it aside and I worked the steps in order as they're written in this book. And that heavy breathing is my dog. I apologize. And... um I followed the steps. I listened. I followed directions. I followed the directions from people who went before me, who got it, who had a God in their life. And all the years in OA before I came to this particular meeting, I was told all manner of different ways to get to God. Just pray. Just do this. Just do that. It wasn't until I came to this very healthy, very God-graced meeting that I was told, Work the steps. They will take you to God. You know, follow the yellow brick road. There's 12 of them. 
follow them. Do the best you can. Be as honest as you can and work them as quickly and as promptly and as thoroughly as you can. Maura, this is what you have to do. And all right, I figured, you know, 14 years in OA hadn't been very successful. Why don't I go ahead and give this a shot? So if you're out there, give it a shot. What do you got to lose? And I promise you this. If you're not happy with this way of life, you can have your old life back. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Steps, steps, steps. No, no elevators, no escalators. All right, Leah, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much. You know, against all the odds, I was supposed to self-destruct. Um, age 23, in a locked facility, uh, a plastic band around my left wrist, and I'm trying to figure this thing out, as was my, uh, you know, my training, use your mind, uh, self-sufficiency, self-reliance, trying to figure out, okay, this God thing, this God thing, you're telling me I need God, who is God, what is God, how can I figure it out? And and uh, someone in whom the problem had been solved and a recovered alcoholic, ex-marine, you know, just said, "You're just, you're just going to give your life over to anybody that'll take it at this point." And uh, you know, the reality was that I was going to die during the investigation. I had to just surrender and throw myself at this program. And AA doesn't try to prove the existence of God. What the twelve-step rooms do is specialize in convincing you of the need of a higher power. You know, I couldn't figure out it, it out intellectually. I was raised by, you know, a couple of skeptics and uh, cynical uh, <laughs> parents. When I accepted the possibility that there was another way because I saw freedom in those around me, um, it allowed me to go through those gates. I didn't have to carry the burden of overcoming this illness by myself. I couldn't figure it out, but that wasn't my job to do. My job was to throw myself at this work, that to, you know, to take the action, and that through the process of the steps, it would remove uh, the barriers and the blockages to this power that I was going to have access to. Because reality was that more than my compulsive overeating had to be arrested, my attitudes, my core belief systems, the philosophies I had been raised with, all those ideas and attitudes had to be confronted and overhauled, and that was the work of the steps. Because step one, you know... <laughs> I was beaten to a bloody pulp. All, all of the resistance had been beaten out of me by this point. Ex my experience is that God revealed himself to me through, through blood, <laughs> through my wounds. Um, you know, and the big book talks about that. You know, I'm a compulsive overeater, could not manage my own life. No human power could have relieved my compulsive overeating, and God could and would if he were sought. And so my job was to do the seeking. And I didn't have to recreate anything. I just had to follow this path that led me to the treasure. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Leah. All right. Um, uh, two, two, maybe three. Pete B. Lisa B. Pete. Pete and Lisa. Okay, let's let's go with Melissa. the two of you and and then Melissa if we have time. All right, great. Okay. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. 
I'm going to go really fast so Melissa can go. My <laughs> name's Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And I so appreciate the passion and the enthusiasm that you hear relative to this second step and, you know, ongoing and the relationship with the God of our understanding. You know what I've come to understand? We have a better chance of talking somebody out of believing in God than we do of talking them into believing in God or even being willing to, to believe in God, right? I don't know, you know, the more I heard, the more I listened to it, the, the stronger my resistance became, right? The more I heard about your virtues, your good life, the good things, all those things, right? You couldn't sell me on this. The more you told me, the more I resisted. You know, somewhere in this book, it talks about John Barleycorn becoming the biggest advocate, right? Like, I had to be driven into, if I'm struggling here with being willing, I need to go back to the doctor's opinion and read what the doctor says about this condition, more about, their, more, more, into, more about alcoholism and more into there is a solution, right? I can't get to this point until I am crushed by this self-imposed crisis. You know, the good news is, is that, you know, we can't talk anybody into being willing to believe. And the good news is for somebody that does believe is that you can't be talked out of it. Right? There's nobody alive that can tell me that my experience was not delivered, hand delivered by a God, a power greater than myself, a God of my understanding, that you can't talk me out of it. And unfortunately, for those that are in it, it, with this mentality, you can't talk them into it. And with that, I'll pass. Well, thank you, Pete. All right. Good morning, Lisa. And then I'm pretty sure we'll have time for you, you, Melissa. Well, good morning. Good morning to you. Thank you, everyone. I'm Team Wednesday for your service. My name is Lisa. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And I spell my name L-E-S-A in case there's some confusion. Um, He says here, let us make haste. So he has a sense of urgency. He's trying to communicate with these new people, the people that have not gone through the process yet. He's looking back. He has gone through the process. So I want to share my process of today where I am as a recovered person. I have to surrender to the fact that this is a journey. I'm never going to arrive. I'll never get a certificate. Oh, I'm recovered. I'm done. You know, this illness continues to progress and what I did last week, what I did last month or last year is not sufficient for today's recovery. I need to continue to grow and enlarge my spiritual experience and as I go through the steps, you know what happens? My heart softens. It softens, especially in the amends process and steps 10, 11, and 12 and working with others. As I try to work with others, you know, I re-educated myself on this step process as I try to teach. The best way to learn something is to teach it, to try to teach it. And my heart continues to soften and I keep stumbling across things of what I thought I knew, I really don't know. It's a humbling experience, you know, each day as I progress on in recovery. And you know, I wanted to share with you the joy of having black and white abstinence. I was so afraid of having a really clear understanding of what entire abstinence meant because being really clear in my abstinence before, 
used to drive me into the binging process. But today I know having a clear and clean abstinence, I get to live a life full of color. But I just felt led to share that it's a surrendering, it's a journey. And I have to surrender to the fact that it's a journey. I like everything all neat and clean and put in boxes and tidied up. And it's not a tidied process. My abstinence is tidy. That's clean. That's solid. But living life you know, is not always clean, but I love the steps and what they continue to reveal to me and how my heart continues to soften and soften and soften. And that's what I wanted to share, you know, with the newcomer, to just jump in, get in, you know, get dirty with it. And it really, really works. It's a happy, free life. I pass. Thank you so much, Lisa B. All right, Melissa C., you have about two minutes and 40 seconds. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut it down then. I'll save those few seconds off. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And, oh, my gosh, I just love this step. It, it's It shattered everything for me because um, I had to lay aside. I had to push away, far, far away from me, all the things that I had been leaning on. You know, my intellect, my ideas, diets. My, my candy bars, right, my cookies, because I believed in something. I believed in that, you know, um, and I had to start from a position of just like a blank sheet um, and, and meet God, you know, like an infant, like someone I had no knowledge, n- nothing, and I still have to have that position. You know, uh, what really, for me, I had to, instead of like consistently looking for evidence that God didn't exist. Like I had to, you know, because that's how I looked at my life. I looked at all the things where I didn't get what I wanted and therefore God did not exist. But I never looked at all the incredible things I had and therefore he must exist. You know, step two for me, it, now when I look back at it, it should have been so easy. You know, it's um, if you call in on this phone, if you are listening on this phone, in my opinion, you have step two. You have hope. You must believe if you're struggling in this disease right now and somehow you dialed a phone and you're listening to people who are like shouting the good news and excited, there's a piece of you that believes in that and that's greater than you. Otherwise, you wouldn't have called in. That that was my experience. And you know what I really had to lay aside and I have to keep laying aside that I don't have to understand something to get results. I don't have to understand squat. You know, that's what I kept mixing up, that I was going to get the spiritual awakening, an awareness, a knowledge, a relationship prior to doing anything. And that is not how this works. That's why we keep saying action, action, action. All you have to do is lay aside the candy bars, the cookies. Follow the steps. Don't worry about understanding it's not your business to understand. That's what I needed to know. It's not my concern to understand how things operate. Just follow it. It is a miracle that I can be surrounded by food and I am not eating and I'm happy. Thank you. And I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. All right. I want to thank everyone who shared today and everyone who listened. The share ID uh for today's 7 a.m. Wednesday meeting, August 7th, is 13,244. 
13244. And uh, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Ginger C. please read a vision for you for us? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation, which you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.